Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, I got a Fitbit for my birthday. I'm obsessed with it. So we're going to see what uh, what sort of workout we get here on the radio. It's going to be intense. Not really. It's going to be fun, though. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Michaela, one of my coworkers, just informed me that the pollen count is at historically high levels. I don't know if that's because we had the longest winter ever in Montana or... Uh, Whatever it might be, my allergies are terrible. That's why I sound awful, but I feel great. And the sun is out, and I've been spending a bunch of time outside. And uh, man, that was a long one. I, I was I was teasing Alia that I wanted it to go forever, and then all of a sudden the joke was on me. Uh, but happy to be here with you. Uh, had another interesting afternoon. Uh, we had our uh, weekly meetings uh, this morning here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Went through. Uh, all of our Grizz hockey stuff. So we will have plenty of Grizz hockey action coverage, all the above for you this uh, upcoming year, starting in September. And it's been really fun being on the ground floor with Grizz hockey. I very much enjoyed it. And uh, it's been cool that we've been able to broadcast their games on our ESPN MT app or, uh, you know, on the radio from time to time as well. So that's coming back. Uh, But then I also went to the uh, state of Missoula, the, the, annual, just once a year event where uh, certain members of the uh, state government in Montana give sort of a a state of the union in the treasure state address to the people of Missoula. Really well attended, uh, fun event. I'm not going to go through uh, just all the ins and outs of it because you guys are here for the sports, not the political part of it. 
But I do have just a couple takeaways that I think are applicable to us as a people, as a society uh, here in Missoula. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Of course, I'm stuck on it. I know I am. But everybody else is too because there's stuff coming. We're going to talk realignment. We're going to do this yesterday, but then I wanted to have more air to breathe. So uh, a lot of stuff is coming down the pipe. We actually have tangible dates. Several of the big uh, Power 5 conferences in college sports had their annual meetings over the last couple weeks. A lot of leaks coming out of those meetings. Uh, an, a Ross Dellinger article in Sports Illustrated that, that really brought some clarity to sort of the timeline of when... Uh, th- I'm not the only one that's been sort of uh, predicting this fracture that's coming at the top level of college football. I think a lot of people see it coming, and it was a talking point, as always, now at these conference meetings... And then there's a lot of information coming out of those meetings. So we'll share some of that, debate some of that, uh, you know, project maybe how some of that uh, is going to affect the Big Sky Conference. Because, you know, I've been sort of uh, making my case for why I think Montana and Montana State not necessarily need to bolt from the Big Sky Conference, but need to be ready when a move is going to fall upon them. Like the the whole thing is going to fracture. The dominoes are going to fall. Montana and Montana State, I think, needs to be ready to, to make a move. The dominoes that are coming, though, that's what we're going to talk about today uh, because it all is going to – it always trickles downhill. That's exactly how it always works uh, in college sports. So um, what is the lay of the land in the Power Five right now, and and then how might it trickle down and affect Montana and Montana State? We will talk, myself and Andrew, about that uh, here in the first hour, and then we'll rehash some of that stuff with Justin Angle, the business angle uh, presented by Blackfoot Communications. I want to know, see, I think that it's so fascinating because no matter what sort of business we've ever created, there's no business that's ever existed without some measure of risk. And maybe we did. Maybe we maybe we invented a business that has no measure of risk. And maybe it's maybe it's sports. It, what is the breaking point, though? Is there a breaking point? This whole thing revolves around the TV contracts that these Power Five conferences are going to garner. So is there ever a fallout from that? Is it ever going to be a bad investment? Like, is there a chance that the bubble that is the SEC bursts? I don't know. We'll talk about that with Andrew and with uh, Justin Angle here. We also have our Treasure State Stars, a normal Tuesday installment, uh, track and field heavy, uh, but deservedly so. The Big Sky Outdoor Track and Field Championships wrapped up uh, over the weekend in Greeley, Colorado. We also got some free tagliere for you as well. Uh, Tag Tuesday like we do each and every Tuesday here. And then I also wanted to do a little bit more of the the 1970s football players. It was more of a a quiz uh, with Rajim Seabrook on Friday. And uh, he aced a lot of that quiz. But we didn't necessarily get to actually learn. I mean, he was pretty good at naming. uh, We we have this list from NFL.com of the top 20 NFL football players of the 1970s. Just trying to fill in the gaps, learn some history, stuff like that. Rajim nailed pretty much everybody on the list, but we didn't necessarily extrapolate and give you the history lesson, as it were, of, of who these guys are. I'm sure some of you knew some of them, and uh, others maybe uh, you didn't know as much about. So, I mean, sort of common themes for this time of year, a lot of track and field, a lot of NBA, a lot of NFL, and a lot of sports and business. That's what's coming up here. Uh, today on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can always stream the show, 1029ESPN.com or on the ESPN MT app. I appreciate you for tuning in, no matter how you're tuning in. 
Uh, also, thanks to SWX Montana Television for carrying us around the great state of Montana. And if you're listening on the radio, you already know uh, it's 102.9 ESPN, uh, FM, 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, 888-1029, that's 406-888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangage Brothers uh, RV phone line. My main takeaway from... The state of Missoula uh, event I went to down at the DoubleTree today, and, and by the way, the, uh, the the panel of speakers included Kristen Juris, who's the Lieutenant Governor of Montana, Mark Thane, and Lynn Heligard, who are each um, House representatives from m- districts in Missoula, and then Todd O'Hare, who is the uh, president of the Montana Chamber of Commerce. This was just sort of a, a state of the union in Montana, all the things that they got done uh, in the legislature. And I thought that the the most common theme between these four people that addressed, you know, pretty sizable crowd. There's probably a thousand people there today and uh, good to see everybody engaged. I went to an event yesterday at the Doubletree as well for uh, City Club Missoula that was all about the uh, state of media in, in Montana and um, sort of the, the sustainability of media in Montana, and I actually thought my main takeaways were were pretty similar from the two. I wish we could have a discussion panel overlaying each of the luncheons that I went to, because I thought that there was a lot there in terms of the sort of the analysis of the way that people consume news. So basically, all the people that that spoke at State of Missoula today, they all by and large, well, not all, not but not even by and large, they were all unequivocally civil. Uh, very, very straightforward. I thought nobody came off as any sort of radical politician. I thought every single one of them was was very respectful in their words. And basically, they just talked about all the things that were accomplished at the, the latest uh, legislative meetings in Helena. And I mean, both the, the, um, the House representatives from Missoula are both Democrats, the lieutenant governor, a Republican, and... Uh, Todd O'Hare, the uh, the Montana Chamber of Commerce guy, uh, I think nonpartisan, but certainly somebody that, that errs on the side of, of business development. Uh, but, but basically, all four of them mentioned in a different way of saying it, you probably saw some coverage out of the, the legislature this, this most recent year. You probably got hooked on a lot of the flashpoints. But more often than not, most of, even though there's a supermajority in Helena right now, most of the the discourse, most of the legislative meetings are civil. Uh, they result in progress, and by and large, they get along a lot better than maybe what you'd, you'd be led to believe if you only read the, the flashpoints uh, in the news. So I would love to have a an open discussion about that. I would love to have a discussion panel on why is it that the news-consuming public reacts way more to the inflammatory flashpoints than they do to this... The, you know, the rather mundane uh, property tax reform and, and, you know, the potential for, for rebates for Montana taxpayers and, you know, about the surplus in Montana. Why is it that we, we gravitate towards the other stuff? I don't know. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting. And I guess the, the, my main premise in bringing this up is that I do think a lot of times uh, we, we maybe think that the world is worse than it actually is. Like the boogeyman lives around the corner. But you know, I've, been, I've been talking about this with my friends. It's sort of the, the proximity bias, right? You ask the man on the street or, or your coworker or your buddy, how is it out there in the world? And they say, oh, man, the world's crazy. The world's gone to hell. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, the inflation, the recession, blah, 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 blah. But then you ask your the same person, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. You know, I've been working out, uh, the sun's out, having a barbecue this weekend, maybe I'm going golfing. 
I know everybody's life is not perfect all the time, but if you ask each other just how each other are doing, most likely you're probably doing pretty good. And uh, then, the, you know, the wider the lens gets, the broader the view, the more you think that the world's just going to hell. So I guess my point in telling you all of this is that we are a lot uh, closer together than you think. Don't let the polarization and the partisan nature of the way that some of our discourse gets uh, get you down. Uh, I mean, I would just say enjoy the community that we live in because you can't really do much more than uh, enjoy where you're at. You know, one of the things we've been hearing a lot of the college football players say, a lot of times they all get hooked on the same cliche, but they're all talking about living where their two feet are. Uh, you know, I can only have my two feet on the ground. I'm only taking care of my, you know, little space right here in front of me. It's good advice, you know, for sure. Like last night in Missoula, yeah, I went down to a, a concert at the Wilma, my first concert of concert season, and I saw all sorts of people from all sorts of different backgrounds, all have varying incomes and, and places that they live and whatever it might be. And everybody's hanging out. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's vibing off of each other. You know, we had a nice outdoor dinner before we walked up to the Wilma. Uh, there was a uh, a band just playing on the side of the street to some college kids that were just jamming. They just, you know, got the guitars and the saxophones out and stuff. And I mean, that's that's all you can worry about is the, the people around you, the community you live in. So I guess that's the whole point is, is that the, the takeaway from sort of the state of Missoula is that even though Missoula politically is a lot different than the rest of the state and uh, the rest of the state sort of has a hold of the legislature in Helena, a lot more is getting done than not getting done. There's a lot more that they agree upon than they don't agree upon. And even if sort of the, 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 the leading stories out of the legislative session this last time were inflammatory, uh, in fact, most of it was civil. Most of it was productive. Most of it's going to help all of us, no matter which side of the political spectrum you land upon. So I, I just thought it was striking to, to sort of remind ourselves just uh, how much closer we are than actually far away. is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Uh, so this this entry point for this reignition of a, a discussion we've been having for a long time, and I appreciate all the engagement. I will say I know there's a lot of people right now listening on the podcast. I know a lot of the podcast people are uh, people that m- maybe have uh, followed my content uh, ever since my Bozeman days. There's a huge thread on Bobcat Nation, which is the message board uh, sort of supported by Montana State fans, and... Um, there's like an 11-page thread on there right now about a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. So I appreciate the feedback. I've posted on there several times. I've been following along. It's a great discussion. If all message board threads and all message boards could be like that, message boards would be the place, man. That would be a great place. I do commend everybody that's participated in that thread for keeping it on track. That's sort of the way it goes this day and age. Most of the threads, discussion threads on you know college football message boards are... Uh, they have good intention and, and then they get derailed and, you know, anonymous posters go crazy and then it always turns into some sort of weird pissing match and, and, you know, it's dissatisfactory by the end of it always. This has been a good one, though, so uh, keep it going. But the entry point to the renewal of this discussion is that um, Ross Dellinger, who's a, a reporter for Sports Illustrated, he wrote an article earlier this week with a lot of sourcing, a lot of anonymous sourcing, uh, but out of the most recent league meetings. So the uh, Big 12, 
the Pac-12 and the ACC all met in recent weeks. And sort of the, the, uh, the centerpiece of this article that Ross Dellinger wrote is all about the ACC. Now, we sit here in Big Sky Country. We sit here out west. So we've been analyzing this and the potential, excuse me, uh, seismic shifts that could come with realignment and the Power Five and all that. We've been focusing almost exclusively on the Pac-12 because that's going to be the domino that affects the Mountain West and then uh, subsequently the Big Sky. We also have talked about, I mean, the, the power structure has been created, right? The SEC acquiring, like quote-unquote acquiring. I can't believe that's the actual word we're using, but it is. Acquiring Oklahoma and Texas makes the SEC the super conference in the United States. It also puts a ton of pressure on the Big Ten and the Big 12 to keep pace because they're the only ones that even have the the, the realm of possibilities of keeping pace. And, and make no mistake, they're just trying to stay right there at two and three because they're not catching the SEC SEC after they add Texas and, and Oklahoma. There's just too much of a football media audience, and the SEC is going to be the king league now because they are going to be the ones that capture the the biggest piece of the pie when it comes to the football uh, TV revenue. But the Big Ten and the Big 12 have, have been speculated on um, really exploring acquiring teams from the Pac-12. And it seems like pretty much every team from the Pac-12 in some form or fashion has been in the discussion of being on the market, quote-unquote. And, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about how Washington and Oregon are going to try to make a push into the Big Ten. That's because USC and UCLA are almost certainly going to the Big Ten. So if those four leave, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado are actually, Utah and Colorado particularly, are probably actually a better fit for the Big 12 anyways. Uh, Colorado came from the Big 12. Uh, so I think Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah could move into the Big 12 pretty seamlessly. But make, make no mistake, the Big 12 and the Big 10 are going to be pushing hard to absorb as much of the Pac-12 as they can. But the league that we've sort of ignored is the ACC. And I know that that's the one that probably is the least effective towards anything that happens out west. But that's where Dellinger started with his realignment article in Sports Illustrated. And he talked about this TV deal. The ACC signed this giant TV deal with ESPN. And they signed it like eight years ago. And so much of it was uh, wrapped up in basketball. At the time, it was a great deal. Now, all the ACC schools are falling way behind because this contract is paying them much less than what these new contracts that are coming quickly, they're coming within the next year or two for the other leagues. That's going to put the ACC at a huge deficit. They're going to be way behind because they're not going to be able to get out of their ESPN TV deal until 2026. So uh, this is certainly a, a lot to digest, but there are a few, according to Dellinger, schools in the ACC that are contemplating basically buying themselves out of the league. So to do that, it would cost $125 million. That sounds like an enormous chunk of money, and it certainly is. But if you have a national brand, and I think there's only a few schools in the ACC that do have a national brand, but Florida State absolutely does, Clemson absolutely does, North Carolina absolutely does, Duke certainly does in basketball, but I don't think you'd necessarily make that move in football. 
uh, but certainly Florida State, Clemson, and maybe North Carolina, even in football, certainly uh, athletic department-wide. But then if those uh, exit, then what happens? You know, Florida State, Clemson, if they join the SEC, then it's really, really an unbelievable power uh, struggle. I don't know. It's just going to be crazy to see how all these dominoes fall. But I do think uh, Florida State is probably the, the the tipping point and the trigger of all this. If anything is going to change between now, 2023, and 2026. And the reason is twofold. One, uh, Florida State certainly has a, probably a top 20 football brand in the country. You know, they, they play in a 95,000-seat stadium, which is one of the great venues in college football. They have multiple national championships. They have a fertile recruiting ground to, uh, to get from. But they're also producing about twice as much revenue as they're receiving. So this is a, a deal that's spread between, I guess, I think there's 11 ACC schools right now. So everybody's getting an even cut of the pie, even though Florida State is producing 20% of the revenue. 15 to 20 was the estimation in this SI article, and they're only getting 7%. So uh, one of the executives from the ACC said the entire situation is the most perplexing he's ever witnessed in media rights uh, negotiations, and that factions are certainly being formed. There's as many as seven uh, ACC members that are potentially considering opting out. Dellinger did not report on those seven, but I can almost certainly guarantee you Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina are three of them. Uh, that's a huge domino that could fall, though. Um, right now, Dozier also reported that he thought those inside the Big 12, uh, they were gunning for Pac-12 defect, deflections Excuse me, because they believe that the Pac-12's cooked. Those in the Pac-12 wanting to protect their 10 schools believe the, believe the league will arrive at a strong enough deal coinciding with short grant of rights, four to six years. And then there's the media who has produced varying reports on the situation, even sometimes sparring with one another. So there's not a lot of consensus here, uh, but there's a lot of different moving parts uh, within the scope of this thing. The Pac-12, while they try to stay alive, they're going to also have to make moves. That's where then it starts to affect the Big Sky Conference because right now, one of the apples of the Pac-12's eye is San Diego State. The other one is potentially SMU. There's also, though, maybe a bidding war between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 over SMU. The Big 12 might also try to poach San Diego State. The Big 12 is also reporting maybe trying to go after UConn, which which is amazing. Uh, the geographic nature and the geographic alignment of these conferences is going to be uh, nothing short of hilarious. And uh, if you didn't already know about how they got there, you'd think it was absolutely ridiculous. But uh, here we are. But Memphis and UConn in the Big 12, I mean, that would be fascinating and also just totally weird. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, a Big 12, Pac-12 bidding war would be fascinating uh, for San Diego State. But San Diego State would also likely have to pay some sort of uh, buyout to the Mountain West to get out of the Mountain West. So, I mean, this is all coming down the pipe so, so fast. Nobody knows what is going to happen, but I do know there's going to be a massive, widespread and almost across the board, uh, basically, auction. I mean, the, the bidding process to try to get a league and maintain a league. And then once you got your league all aligned, then how do you go get that TV money? It's going to be wild. And when the dust settles, who knows? Uh, th there might be a whole new level of college football where the Power Five just sort of breaks off from everybody else or probably more likely the 
all these power conferences will poach who they're going to poach, get new TV deals, and then a whole bunch of dominoes will fall, and you'll have to have some conference realignments. I just think it's so much more pertinent in the West because there's so few Division I athletic departments in the West compared to the rest of of the United States, right? I mean, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, and the Big Sky Conference are the only three D1 football conferences in the whole Western United States. I, I know the WAC's trying to get something going, but that's it and that's all. So when the the dominoes start falling, they're certainly going to fall, and I, I just think Montana, Montana State need to be ready. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, last line from the, the Stellinger article. Now, one thing's certain, the Pac-12 plans to expand by adding San Diego State and maybe SMU coinciding with the completion of a new TV deal, but there is a deadline to start play in 2024, which is when the TV deal would get, go uh, into action. San Diego State would owe the Mountain West an exit fee of $17 million. That triples in cost on July 1st, meaning... We're like six weeks away from this this happening. And then San Diego State moves. Then what happens? Is Boise State a school that could be in the mix to maybe move up to the Pac-12 or the Big 12? Boise State's floated Big 12 before. Last line from Dellinger. One athletic administrator offers his own prediction on the outcome. He said, I think the highest odds, and it may not be more than about 50%, is that the Pac-12 salvages something in the short term to keep it together and then is the dead man walking for four years with the Big Ten and the Big 12 just sitting there waiting to pounce. Wow, grim for football in the West, but also maybe not. I don't know. Maybe when the dust settles, it's better. We'll see. I think it could be better for the Montana schools. I don't know what it's going to be like for uh, the Pac-12 schools, uh, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. Last note that I learned from Dellinger is uh, the Pac-12 is moving their headquarters to Las Vegas. What does that mean? Is UNLV then a potential uh, team to, to be added to the, the Pac-12? The media market would be there for sure. It could help fortify uh, your media contract, your next TV deal. So, man. It makes my head spin. A lot to digest there. I sent that article from Ross Dellinger to both the athletic directors uh, here in the state of Montana at the Division One level, both Kent Haslam and Leon Costello. And uh, they both said, wow, it's just mind-blowing. It's just so much to digest, and it's just so much uh, to try to get ready for. So we'll see. It's completely unpredictable, but we'll keep you up to date as much as we can. We'll talk about the business side of that in hour number two. Uh, during the business angle with Justin Angle from the University of Montana Business School. Uh, he'll join us, and uh, we'll talk all sorts of different things. Live on the uh, at the PGA Championship this upcoming weekend. Superstars and branding and basketball, but we'll also talk about the no-risk investment somehow, someway that college sports has become. For now, though, I need some advice. I'm a little bit shaky on game one. I might just see how it all plays out. Uh, part of me wants to to go after the Lake Show. Another part of me knows that Denver has been dynamite at home and dynamite in game one so far in these playoffs. We shall discuss game one of the Western Conference Finals. And we'll give you some opportunities to win some free Tagliari Deli as well. That's next. Keep it right here. You want us now? ESPN Radio. 
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. The show last night was my first of the season, which obviously makes it fun. And uh, also just had me so excited. But it was a rad show for sure. Uh, the band was Joseph. They're from, they're from Portland, Oregon. Three sisters, uh, an older sister and then a pair of twin sisters. Powerhouse voices. I, I honestly thought that their sound and their harmonies were actually too big for the Wilma. I would love to see them at an outdoor amphitheater type uh, venue because I thought that the way that they sing and the way that they harmonize and the way that they uh, just belted out, I thought that it was a little bit confined and sort of too echoey in the Wilma, but it's still a rocking show. And it was super fun. I, I went in completely blind. Uh, I realized that the the good gents over at the trail have certainly been playing uh, a fair amount of Joseph because I noticed, I recognized probably, well, I don't know, three, four songs. You know, I, I could nod my head to it and I had heard it a little bit. So uh, fun night nonetheless. And uh, yeah, I always love learning about new music. The, the Wilma, when the show is right, I, I love the amphitheater out there uh, in Bonner, but the, the Wilma, when the show is right, is uh, it's where it's at, for sure. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's time for some Tagliari Tuesday. That means we get uh, to give you a $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli. Tag's got two locations here in Missoula. There's the, uh, the old school one there at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. And there's also a new location in the uh, first floor of the Cognizant Building, right there uh, in the Sawmill District on Wyoming Street, a uh, growing area of town. And the new tag is super sweet. The best way to roll at either tag, order your sandwiches. If you're getting sandwiches, if you want to go in there and shop you know, wine or their, their old school Italian-style goods, go do it. But... If you're getting sandwiches, just put the order in online because then they'll just have it ready for you. And you can just go right in there, grab it out of the cooler, and uh, you're rocking. They, they got it uh, all set up. It, it's like an assembly line, but uh, the most consistently delicious sandwiches you're going to find anywhere in Missoula and uh, cool vibes at both shops. You got to remember, though, if you order online, make sure you go to the one that you ordered from. They're not very far apart, so if you make a mistake, it's not that big of a deal. But if you order from Beckwith and Higgins, go there. If you order from Wyoming Street, go there. If you want free tag, call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, caller number 5. We got a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Delicatessen, 
1029. Now, here's your uh, your numbers on Sportsbet Montana tonight for the first game of the Western Conference Finals. Sportsbet Montana has kiosks all around the state of Montana. Uh, they will be the presenting sponsor of our NBA playoffs coverage uh, throughout the next month or so. The Nuggets are at home. The Nuggets are undefeated at home during this playoffs. They also have only, I believe, lost seven games all season in Denver. And because of that, the Nuggets, justifiably so, a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the Mile High City tonight. Uh, The straight-up money line, minus 250. The Lakers' money line, plus 190. Uh, Nuggets have been so good scoring the ball. But the Lakers are also pretty good defensively. Uh, The over-under, the total for this thing, sits at 222.5. As always, you can always tease it up, tease it down, uh, whatever uh, you so desire. But but basically, the betting line thinks it's going to be 114 to 108 is what they basically think it's going to be. Nuggets uh, over the Lakers. I will say that I think one of the main pieces of advice I could give anybody when it comes to to betting on sports, especially pro sports, is you got to bet with your head, not your heart. You can't have any sort of emotional investment in it. You got to just actually just trust the analysis behind the lines. And I think you can be more successful than than not, especially in the NBA. But I will say one of my good buddies. Uh, from way back in the day, and, and a guy I kept up with all the way from high school all the way through now, uh, he's been living on the West Coast for about 10 years, but he's trying to move back to Missoula, and I've been helping him with his new job pursuit. And uh, so we always talk half about helping him get back to Missoula, uh, but also the other half we talk about, the NBA playoffs, specifically the Lakers. He is the biggest Lakers fan I probably know he, uh, when, when there was rumors back in the mid-2000s that Kobe Bryant might get traded, I remember he had a bunch of Kobe posters and stuff in his room at our college house, and he tore them all off the wall and threw a giant fit <laughs> over all this. So it's all to say I spent some time talking to this gentleman on the phone today, and he was juicing me up about how the Lakers are going to go in there to Denver and win tonight. I am taking away any sort of uh, emotional deal. I mean, make no mistake— from a pure rooting interest, I hardly have any rooting interest left in sports. But if you were to, you know, say who absolutely or do you do you want to win among these four teams? I think it would be cool if any of the four teams remaining in the NBA playoffs won. But certainly, if I had to root for one of the four teams remaining in the NBA playoffs, it would be the Los Angeles Lakers. So I, I'm not, uh, but I but I avoided betting. On this game, I only bet the total. I I, I want to see how the, the first game plays out. Denver is, again, undefeated at home during the playoffs. And, uh, you know, but maybe Mon- maybe uh, the Lakers go in there and steal game one. I mean, that's been the LeBron strategy. But I want to see how it all plays out. After tonight, then I'll have a better idea of who I think is going to win each of the, the subsequent games. But for tonight, I just stuck on the total. Uh, Andrew, what do you think of my restraint? I was so close to just betting the Lakers money line plus 190 and uh, seeing if, if the Lake Show could replicate what they did in the last series, but I just couldn't do it. I, the Denver's just way too good at home. 
Yeah, that's admirable of you, and a lesson for everybody out there. You don't got to bet every game if you're not feeling good about it. Thank you, thank you. You can stay away, but I, I, you know, it's a tough one to handicap because of we know that the Lakers are going to go all out to steal one of these two. That's right. We know that this moment is the freshest that the Lakers are going to be. That's right. In the entire series, and that if they are going to go out and steal one, uh, it's going to be tonight. Tonight is going to get their best effort. We also know, I, you know, the Nuggets are the team that has risen to the occasion and risen to the expectations more than any other team yep. in this playoffs. And also, I'm I'm just curious to see how they match up. I'm curious to see. Uh, you know, how the Lakers, there are a lot of questions here, right? I'm curious to see how the Lakers are going to try to guard Nikola Jokic. I'm and that's cu- that's exactly it. That's where this whole thing For starts. For sure. How do the Lakers try to go about stopping the Joker? Is Anthony Davis got his big boy pants on and ready to roll, or is he? Is this the night off and he's not going to be back until they're back in L.A.? That That's going to be such a huge key because the, the Nuggets have rolled in game one so heavily because they just come downhill at you like a freight train, and it takes the other team so long to handle. You know, this 285-pound guy that's coming at you downhill on every single possession. So who do, where do they start the Lakers? How do they handle that? If you don't get run over by the train, you got a good chance of hanging in. If you do, though, Nuggets are scoring 130. You're getting run out of the gym. Well, the flip side is, you know, how are the Nuggets going to try to attack Anthony Davis? We saw Golden State have a ton of success in the last series with getting Anthony Davis in pick and rolls, getting his getting him away from the rim so he's not quite as effective a rim protector. Are the Nuggets going to try to do that, get him in pick and rolls with Jamal Murray probably? Or do they come at it from a different way? Do they try to get Jokic isolated against him in the post? How is it going to work out? There's just a ton of interesting strategic questions about this series that are going to shape the rest of the series, but the right now we have we have no idea what the answers are. No one is now ESPN Radio. It's our NBA uh, basically daily installment presented by Sportsbet Montana. Go check out Sportsbet Montana's website. There's uh, a locations tab that can show you where there's a kiosk near you. The news of the day in the NBA... <laughs> And this is sort of reflective of the win now, we don't care what you ever did society that we live in, particularly uh, NBA uh, sort of uh, environment that we live in. Doc Rivers fired today uh, in Philadelphia. Mad rumors that Mike D'Antoni might be the next head coach of Philadelphia. If that's the case, you have to think that's in an effort at, at least Fringely, if not completely, uh, to appease James Harden, or that Harden had some sort of um, influence in it. But I don't know what I think of that move because I thought your take yesterday, Andrew, that the the Sixers should just stand pat and run it back and see where they're where they're at. I don't know. I know I know Philly lost that series against Boston, but. They only won two games in Boston in that series because of Doc Rivers. So I don't, I don't really know where, where we're at with this. Uh, to me, I think that, that that's a move that could come back to bite them, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if like bringing together the three most influential people on that like mid-decade Houston Rockets team with Harden and Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey, right? Trying to recreate that is going to be your best your best path. But again, <laughs> I'm I'm sympathetic to the viewpoint that 
if you think you need a change, this is the only change that you can make. You cannot make big wholesale changes to the roster sure, because of the way that the NBA salary cap and the roster construction rules work. But isn't James Harden up for contract? Because I think that they're debating on whether to re-sign him long-term or not. And, and if you need to go get Mike D'Antoni to do that, I don't know if you should make those drastic of moves. You wouldn't You wouldn't pick James Harden over Doc Rivers? I, my other thing is, like, if, you, if James, Harden James Harden is the guy so who's saying... That's why I need you to take, talk me out of it, because Harden, I just hate Harden. Well, okay. James Harden showed another gear in the playoffs. That I think he played better in the playoffs this year than I have ever seen him play in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's accurate. I just don't think that there are a ton of coaches that make all that much of a difference, and I'm pretty sh- almost certain that Doc Rivers is not one of those coaches. Yeah, that's that's probably right, too. Have we seen the stats going around about Doc Rivers' el- record in elimination games? He's like 17-33 and 33 yeah, yeah. in he's elimination just, he's just games. He's been in a lot of them, right. He's lost like seven games in a row yeah. after his team has gotten to three wins in a series. I think that, you know... Making uh, replacing Glenn Doc Rivers is an okay move in a vacuum, yeah. And especially if James Harden was agitating for a move like this, I also forget that Daryl Morey is their GM. Right? Has Dork Elvis gotten more run than any GM? Uh, uh, unwarranted run because he talks to the the insiders all the time. Yes, and because he was doing that. At a period of time when the NBA was having its nerd revolution. That's right. So he became the figurehead That's for right. this entire generation That's right. yep. of NBA yep. stats yep. nerds. Yep. Stats nerds, analytics guys, all these metrics, shooting 10 million threes. Daryl Morey was the guy who assembled those Rockets teams. And it was a fascinating experience to watch because he's assembling a team that was going to shoot 43s a game. And that's what he, I mean, he was paying the whole roster to shoot threes. And you saw how far it could get you. And it, got, it could get you far. It can get you to the conference finals. But you can't beat the best of the best. And, and then and, they lost when they missed 27 threes in a row and in it was, that it conference was, finals. It was one of the most unforgettable and excruciating NBA playoff games I have ever watched in my life. I, I was fully rooting on the Warriors because, again, I don't like James Harden. And uh, I, ha- I have been uh, sort of a fan of the Warriors. I mean, I really appreciate what they've done and how they play. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a crazy demise as, to the end in Houston. But I forgot that Maury's back in Philadelphia. It's an interesting note. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Uh, what, one last NBA thing. This is from Bill Simmons today. Bill Simmons, sort of the uh, the czar of of NBA media coverage, at least my go to guy. His tweet says, "If you had to name one superstar in NBA history, and he lists four things, one superstar in NBA history who has consistently come up short in the playoffs." quit on multiple teams, consistently showed a lack of accountability, and got the most coaches' teammates either fired or traded, who is the first guy that comes to mind? Yeah, he's really fishing for this. Who's the first guy that comes to your mind? My guy was Kyrie Irving. Yep, that was the first guy that came to my mind, too. I think he was fishing for everybody to say James Harden. James Harden, yeah, which is fair. The craziest part is you could talk about a lot of guys right now that are in that situation. I mean, I, I mean, Kevin Durant has got another coach fired. Kevin Durant is objectively one of the three best players of his entire generation and has had multiple coaches fired. I mean, so is LeBron James. LeBron James is the greatest player of his generation. Every coach that's ever coached LeBron James has gotten fired, I think. 
Yeah, that is different, though, because with LeBron, it is obvious that having LeBron and doing whatever LeBron wants to do is your best path <laughs> to a championship, right? Yeah, like, yeah, even somebody right. like Kevin Durant has not built up enough cred to say, I think, I think this coach is better than the guy we have right now. Bring this guy in. With LeBron, not only does he have the power to say that and get it done, it's just like he's built up the cred to where he's probably right, you know, because he's just so smart with the basketball. I mean, people make jokes about LeBron being the GM of the Lakers or whatever. He has built teams around himself that, you know, cater to his game and always make the finals. They they were screaming and yelling today on national ESPN radio. (laughs) You can tell it's that time of year. Jordan or LeBron, this is got to be the number one talk radio segment in, of the over the last 10 to 12 years across the country. In Montana, otherwise, we don't really do it as much because uh, I think it's frivolous and fleeting, but they were talking, and one of the guy's main arguments was LeBron James has lost six finals, and if he makes it again this year and loses, he'll have lost seven finals. Well, He's been to 11 finals. At what point do you give him credit for that, especially in the salary cap era, the super teams era, all the roster movement? I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. 6.30 tonight, Western Conference finals begin in Denver. Uh, Lakers at the Nuggets. Uh, Are we we rocking this game tonight? We will have this game. I figured we would. The pregame will start at 6 p.m., so we'll kick over to it immediately after the show. There you go. Uh, Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. How about... Some of the best individual performances from across the state of Montana are Treasure State Stars. Next, keep it right here. 102.9 FM, ESPN Missoula. I always talk about how one of my main parameters for wanting to go to a show in Missoula, actually my number one parameter for wanting to go to a show in Missoula, concert that is, is... If Missoula loves that artist, you know, if it's, if it's a very Missoula-esque artist, then, then I'm I'm down for that for sure. Because half the fun of going out in Missoula, especially out to the Kettle House Amphitheater, is just seeing all the eclectic people, you know, just being around all the people having a good time. And, and some of the shows out there at the amphitheater, if people love the band, just the, the dancing and the singing and how much fun everybody's having and just, you know, the joyous celebration. That, that's what makes it great. So Lord Huron is coming back. That's who we were just listening to. Uh, they come on May 28th here uh, to the Kettle House Amphitheater. Uh, that show sold out like Liggety Split. I wish I was going, but that's sort of an example. I, you know, Lord Huron's fine. I don't necessarily turn them on in the car when I'm driving around, but you know, I don't turn them off either. They're good, but Missoula loves them. And so I wish I was going to, just to go hang out and, and, uh, and party in Missoula. A lot more uh, concerts. Uh, a concert-oriented playlist selection uh, here again today. Thanks for being with us. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Time now for our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, the best place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Our first Treasure State Star... uh, How about Duncan Hamilton and the Montana State Steeplechase crew? I know it's redundant. Duncan Hamilton has absolutely been on our Treasure State Stars more than any other athlete. I don't even think it's close. And that's because he's been 
the Big Sky Track Athlete of the Week at least 10 times over the last two years. He has been a Big Sky champion four times in the steeplechase alone, let alone uh, double-digit medals between indoor and outdoor track and field over the last four years uh, at MSU. And he saved his best Big Sky performance for his last Big Sky Conference uh, outdoor championship this last weekend in Greeley, Colorado. And he led a group of steeplechasers uh, that did something unprecedented. Montana State finished first, second, third, and sixth in the steeplechase. That's the most points scored in that event ever at a Big Sky Championship. There's only been a couple other times in any event that one school has scored that many points in a single event. Uh, but not only did Hamilton win his fourth straight Big Sky title in the steeplechase, Rob McManus got second, Levi Taylor got third, and Owen Smith got sixth. I would say the top three of those guys are almost certainly going to go to the the regional meet, the NCAA West Regional uh, meet here in in a couple weeks. And uh, it was just part of a really impressive performance. But Hamilton not only won his fourth steeplechase, he also ran the fastest qualifying time in the 1,500 meters about 20 minutes after that steeplechase victory, which is just ridiculous, that turnaround. Then during the finals of the 1,500, which is like, third or fourth on Duncan Hamilton's specialties, uh, he went out and and got a bronze medal. And then he came back in the 5,000 meters later on on Saturday and got a silver medal. So 24 total points for Duncan Hamilton, the most of any male athlete in the conference, and he is awarded the MVP of the Big Sky Outdoor Championships. Pretty cool way for him to go out. Treasure State star number two, Jaden Green. What a cool moment for this young man. I was very impressed with him when he was in studio with us a couple weeks ago. Uh, unbelievable charisma. Uh, just a very engaging and bright young man, and it was very fun having him in studio and talking with him. Uh, he's a senior at the University of Montana. But he talked about uh, sort of his goal setting and his systematic pursuit of the school record in the 110 hurdles at Montana. He set that school record at 14.4 seconds during the regular season, and then he blew that school record completely out of the water at the Big Sky Outdoors. He ran sub-13.9 twice, including in the finals a 13.81 to take home the gold medal. It was a really cool moment for him. That's why I love track. To, to see athletes peak in the biggest moments, to, to be at your best when your best is needed, that's the essence of sports, right? And I thought it was a great moment for that young, that young man. Treasure State star number three. How about Aaron Wilds? He's a freshman at the University of Montana in uh, track and field. She's a high jumper. She's from Whitefish. And she won the high jump. This is incredible for several reasons. One, 5'9 and a corp is a good jump for, for a freshman particularly, but it's a good jump either way. Winning a championship as a freshman is, is amazing. But Lucy Corbett of Montana State... I think had six or maybe even seven Big Sky high jump titles between the indoor and the outdoor. She's been a multiple-time All-American. She was competing injured during this meet, and she equaled Wild at 5'9 and a quarter, but had more uh, early misses in the pursuit of that 5'9 and a quarter, so Aaron Wild walks away with it. But either way, that's the upset of, of the year. I mean, Lucy Corbett is just, you pencil her name at the top of the high jump for the last three to four years, uh, the outstanding Bobcat. And now... A uh, freshman steals the title from her, so uh, pretty darn impressive by Aaron Wilds. Treasure State star number four, Evan Todd, who uh, is a Kalispell native and a Montana Grizz junior. He uh, 
won the javelin, and he did it in absolutely dominant fashion. Not just his winning throw of 222 feet 4 inches was the top mark, but he also would have won the competition with every other one of his throws. So he was on point locked in, and now that's his second straight Big Sky Conference Championship. Treasure State star uh, number six, Ben Perrin. Ben Perrin became the third young man ever from Montana State to win the 10K twice. The other two, Shannon Butler, one of the great athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference, and Casey Germain, who was a legend in his own right. Uh, ben Perrin joins that elite company. He also uh, got on the podium in the 5K as well. So very impressive for the uh, Kalispell native uh, for the Montana State Bobcats. Charter State start number six, Camilla Noe. She's a junior there at MSU, and uh, she won the 10K and got second in the 5K, and that really boosted a Montana State distance score on the women's side to help the Bobcats finish in second place. And then our final Treasure State star uh, for the week, Holly Sudol. She is a uh, Grizz senior, one of the top scholar athletes uh, at the University of Montana, and also the best 400-meter hurdle racer, uh, she ran 60.14 seconds in the 400-meter hurdles uh, to take first place gold medal. So four total golds for the Grizzlies as they finished sixth in both men's and women's uh, races. And then for the Bobcats, they finished second on both sides. Duncan Hamilton, the uh, most valuable athlete of the meet. There you go. It's your Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. How is it possible that the investment in broadcasting football games on TV is the least risk of any investment you could make? Or is it? Maybe I got it twisted. The overlay between business and sports, we call it the business angle. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.